This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. While our team of tax pros are well-versed in all things tax, our areas of expertise include rental real estate and equity compensation. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. At Capital Area Tax Consultants, we believe in pricing transparency and flat fees. Before engaging with us, you'll receive an upfront quote in black and white with a description of any services to be performed. This way, there are no hidden surprises. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, the place where tech workers come to get smarter about their money. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge. Each episode aims to take you beneath the surface level and cover traditional personal finance topics in a way that is both approachable and relatable, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host. Hey there listeners, Malcolm here. And on today's show, we're talking about financial independence. In previous episodes, we've talked a good deal about investing in the importance of developing passive income streams, but to what end? What exactly is the point of owning income-producing assets that generate predictable cash flow, even while you're sleeping? Well, that's what we'll be discussing in this episode. What exactly is financial independence, and why should you even bother to pursue it? It's widely believed that work is something that is supposed to take place between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m., 40 hours a week, 5 days a week, 50 weeks per year for 40 years until you've reached the age of 65 or older. Then and only then are you allowed to think about and prioritize the people and things that matter to you the most. Or at least that's the way it seems. But in reality, you should also be spending your younger years enjoying time together with family and friends exploring and traveling, and dedicating your time to the activities and causes that you actually care about, not just when you're older. And in order to enjoy that level of time freedom in your 30s, 40s, and even 50s, it'll require you to reach some semblance of financial independence earlier in life. But these days, when people hear the term financial independence, their minds automatically envision the super-rich tech entrepreneur who founded a company from their dorm room and the next day sold it for billions of dollars. Or they think of the extreme case of winning a multi-million dollar lottery prize or some other sort of life-altering windfall. But this doesn't have to be the case. At its core, financial independence is simply the ability to live comfortably without having to rely on someone else for your income. It means being able to cover your living expenses for the foreseeable future, regardless of whether you have a job or not. And as Vicki Robin famously describes it in her best-selling book, Your Money or Your Life, It describes the crossover point between the X and Y axis on a graph where your passive income stream adds up to more than your expenses on a monthly basis. If you were to ask just about any adult what the most valuable thing in life is, I bet they'd almost unanimously tell you it's time. But if I were to tell you that it's possible to buy yourself more time, you'd assume I was describing the plot to a sci-fi movie starring Justin Timberlake 
and not a concept of financial planning. But that's exactly what saving and investing your way to financial independence is. It's buying yourself more time. More time for the people and the things that really matter. More time for the self-reflection and quiet meditation you desire. More time for your physical and mental health. Even more time to catch up on the trashy reality TV shows that you're embarrassed to admit are a bright spot to your week. Many prominent financial experts will tell you that cutting your spending down to the bare minimum is the only way to get there. However, pursuing financial independence does not mean you have to take a vow of poverty and deny yourself all the things you've ever loved. While it does mean a conscious and sometimes aggressive cut to your expense column, it also means identifying the places you really enjoy spending your money, the things that spark the most joy, and cutting back on the rest. Once you put it in that perspective, it no longer seems so impossible. For instance, a person who enjoys running long distance might decide to splurge on a pair of -of top-of-the-line running shoes every few months, as those shoes will provide them with joy every single time they go out for a run or cross the finish line of another race. And that same person might find much less joy in wearing the rest of the shoes in their closet and opt to replace them only on an as-needed basis, thus allowing them to apply the dollars they might have spent on building up an impressive shoe collection to savings instead. The same logic can be applied to other parts of your life as well. In fact, workers who contribute the most to their savings each year often spend less on housing and transportation than their peers even those doing the same job, sometimes at the same company and in the same industry. As an aside, if you find yourself having trouble saving money, the main culprits are likely the roof over your head and the car in your driveway. So get comfortable with the idea of owning things that are nice enough, wearing clothing from stores and designers that is nice enough, owning a home or renting an apartment that's nice enough in a nice enough neighborhood and driving a car that's nice enough and will maintain its value for some time. This will also require you to avoid the temptation to level up your lifestyle with each pay increase, otherwise known as lifestyle creep. What I'm describing is often referred to as finding your enough point. This is the point where each additional dollar you're able to bring in adds a diminishing amount of happiness to your overall well-being. Economists refer to this concept as a diminishing rate of return. That number will differ for everyone depending on your own needs and values, but research shows that up to a certain dollar amount money has a big impact on both day-to-day happiness and overall life satisfaction. But once you've reached that point, each additional dollar adds a little less to your life each time. Simply put, there's a level of wealth way before you reach Jeff Bezos' status where trading more of your time and effort for more money becomes a losing proposition. For most people, that number is probably somewhere in the range of the low seven figures. Aside from knowing when to stop leveling up, Achieving financial independence will also require regular increases to your savings and investments in an effort to build up a portfolio of income-generating assets as quickly as possible. Those assets will eventually generate the income that funds your lifestyle, could consist of traditional assets such as stocks, bonds, ETFs, real estate, etc. But it could also include other valuable works such as an online class you created, book royalties, patents on an idea you had, etc., These are all the things that can be created using your intellectual capital and should not be overlooked. Even if you've managed to build up a decent portfolio of real estate investments, wouldn't it be just as smart to develop some sort of course teaching others how to do the same as a way to diversify that income stream and get paid twice for the same expertise? Or if you're a software engineer who's also great with kids, wouldn't it be logical to develop a tool to teach young people STEM skills 
yes, as a means to developing the next generation of tech leaders, but also as a way to get paid twice for the same expertise you've built up over your career to this point. At the same time you're cutting your expenses and using those savings to build up your investments, you should be working just as hard to increase your income, whether by negotiating a raise at your current job, finding a new one that pays better, or taking on a side hustle such as freelancing. The more you can increase your income, the quicker you will reach that financial independence point. Now, to get there, you will have to first imagine yourself financially free. If you woke up tomorrow morning and suddenly you found that you had all the money you needed to cover your expenses and have some fun as well, how would you occupy your days from then on? Would you still work? Would you find a different job than the one you have now? Would you travel? Would you move abroad? Would you volunteer? Would you start a charity from scratch? If you've listened to this show before, you've heard me pose this question to just about every one of our guests. And it's elicited some interesting answers, to say the least. But that is by design. The first step in preparing to go on your financial independence journey is to know where you're going. Spend some time imagining your best self and what it would mean to live life on your own terms. How do you define financial independence for yourself? What would a life that's truly yours even look like? What would it feel like? Where would you go? Who would you take with you? Who would you leave at home? And who might you not even tell you were going on the trip in the first place? Hmm. Achieving financial independence will get you off the nine to five treadmill and out of the habit of working for the sake of working with only two days each week to rest and take care of yourself. But what then? Once you find that you've successfully broken the mold and disproved all of the naysayers, what happens next? This is why it's so important to let yourself dream and envision what is possible before you do anything else. You need to know what you're working toward. This isn't the part where you start doing the math or assigning numbers to anything. There'll be plenty of time for that later. This is the part where you literally sit peacefully, meditate, and think deeply about what type of life you want for yourself 10 years from now. No further, just 10 years. Imagine it. Think about how you would move through life if you knew there was a finite amount of years you still needed to work full time to earn a living. If you could point to a graph and say five years from now or 10 years from now, I'm out of here. How would you do things differently? For the young worker, fresh out of college with all of the energy to work hard, but without much more than just a dollar to their name, trading in every available hour to earn more money might seem like a fair trade. While an older person nearing the end of their life might be willing to trade a few dollars for more time. I believe there's a crossover point here as well, where time becomes more important than money, but you've also accumulated enough money to have the option of how you spend that time. The key then is to reach this inflection point soon enough that you have the ability to trade some of your money for more time to spend on activities that bring you meaning and or enjoyment. However, the problem many people face is that as their incomes increase over time, so too do their tastes and living expenses, limiting their ability to save the money that they could use to buy more time later in life. The last piece of this visualization exercise is to determine what is negotiable and what isn't. What are you willing to give up in pursuit of your financial independence goal? What are you not willing to compromise on? What level of discomfort are you willing to tolerate in exchange for financial freedom? Maybe you're the runner in my earlier example who's willing to give up a closet full of trophy sneakers and only spend meaningfully on running shoes in exchange for getting off the treadmill a little earlier. Or maybe you're a person who's been bitten by the travel bug and you're unwilling to travel domestically more than once per year. Then you've identified a place you're not willing to compromise. 
But maybe that means you drive an older car and keep it longer as a trade-off because cars really aren't all that important to you to begin with. And being able to travel a few times each year internationally is the most important thing. Next, it's important to plan your work and then work your plan. Pursuing and attaining financial independence won't happen just because you woke up today, listened to this podcast episode, and made a vision board about it. It's actually going to require you to move with some intentionality from here on out. For instance, if your plan is to start by saving more of your paycheck every couple weeks, rather than simply saying you want to save more, determine what more actually means and assign a value to it. Now that you've spent some time dreaming up the life you'd rather be living, it's time to do some light math. Write down each of your regularly recurring expenses and separate them by which expenses are fixed and will continue even after you've reached your financial independence point and which are variable and will either increase or decrease once you're no longer commuting or punching the clock each day. And don't worry about being too detailed here just yet. It's important to just have an idea of how much you'll need to earn on a monthly basis to sustain your desired lifestyle. Next, write down each of your goals and the steps you'll take to get there. Then, give them a deadline. Remember, a goal without a plan is only a wish. So, it's important to write down the action steps you'll take in order to progressively increase your income and reduce your expenses simultaneously over time. And don't worry about getting the math perfectly right the first time. This is meant to be a working plan that'll evolve with you over time. I know I may have just lost some of you the moment I started assigning homework, but your pursuit of financial independence should take some sacrifice and make you a little bit uncomfortable. Any sort of growth or self-improvement always does. But also, don't be an extremist. Getting to financial independence should not result in isolation from friends and family or even depression. I'm well aware that there are people who have pledged their allegiance to the cult of FI and gotten rid of homes, family, pets, jobs, and even spouses who didn't agree with their new lifestyle. I don't think it's necessary to go that hard. After all, what's the point of creating this better life for yourself if you have no one left to share it with by the time you get there? Just be upfront with the people you love and let them know there are going to be some events you might not be attending because they aren't in your budget. Or you may not be able to lend them financial support going forward the way you may have in the past. But it doesn't mean that you love them any less. It just means that you've prioritized paying off your student loan as soon as possible or buying your first rental property, etc. Pursuing financial independence will also require you to let go of some of your self-limiting beliefs and see things differently. Setting a goal that's too easy to reach is almost as pointless as not setting one at all. So don't let where you've been keep you from thinking big when envisioning where you can go. Maybe you're afraid of pursuing financial independence out loud because you come from a household where there was never enough to go around. And now that you have a career of your own and a few dollars in the bank, you're afraid of rocking that boat. But be aware, the system preys on that scarcity mindset that some of us were brought up with and uses it to keep us in check. It keeps us from ever questioning authority or coloring outside of the lines too far. In addition to knowing what to do and going after it, there are several things we're taught about money as children and young adults that we have to unlearn once we become adults in order to achieve financial independence. This is especially true for those of you who are first-generation wealth creators, considering much of the advice you received during those formative years was from people who could never fathom being in the same financial position you found yourself in today. On its face, that last statement might offend some of the people closest to you. But to be clear, I am not knocking your parents, grandparents, or whoever else may have raised you. That advice is what got them where they are today and shielded and protected them. 
That's how they survived whatever they may have had to survive in their time and help them to get you here. It's important to understand that your parents' advice to play it safe and avoid all risks stems from their desire to keep you safe from any and all harm more than anything else. I myself have been working in financial services for more than a decade and have had at least moderate success since the day I started. However, to this day, my father would still occasionally email me with an opening for some safe government job he came across and thinks I should apply for just in case. I share that little anecdote just to let you know you're not alone. Also, notice I've been using the words us and we here quite a bit. This is just as much a reminder for you as it is for me that we must all break free from that scarcity mindset in order to achieve financial independence in this lifetime. You'll also need to learn how to ignore and override that little voice in the back of your head that tells you you're crazy and that you can't do it. There's the voice that tells you that the life I'm describing to you just doesn't exist for people like you. You'll have to take my word for it and get to work anyway. There's a saying that faith is not being able to see the whole staircase, but taking the first step anyway. That's what I'm describing to you here. You can't see the entire fully built out portfolio of income generating assets that pay you to stay in bed in all of its glory just yet. But you'll keep on adding brick by brick until you get there. Your plan will likely change over time, but that's okay. You don't have to be rigid and unwilling to change the plan once it's in place. It's simply meant to help guide your financial decision-making going forward. Also, understand that achieving your goal will take some time. When making a decision that will impact your financial independence plan, just ask whether this decision will get you incrementally closer to that goal, not whether it will get you completely there in one move. As I mentioned earlier, it's not necessary to become a Buddhist monk and denounce all of your worldly possessions in order to reach financial independence. It's very much possible to have your cake and eat it too. As I said before, your pursuit of financial independence should take some sacrifice and make you at least a little uncomfortable, but don't be an extremist. People who crash diet and go to extremes to lose weight in short periods of time often find themselves in worse shape than they were before. How many of the contestants on The Biggest Loser weigh more now than they did before they signed up for the show? I'd bet it's the majority and not a small few. Instead, it's advisable to set small goals initially and increase the intensity over time. This is what I like to refer to as being long-term greedy. I don't need it all to happen today as long as it happens eventually. In fact, my own daily mantra when getting out of bed each morning is to do something today that my future self will thank me for. Whether it's to just read a book that teaches me something new, record an episode for this podcast, introduce myself to a stranger via LinkedIn, etc. The goal is to simply do one thing each day that'll be additive in my overall pursuit of financial independence. It's not a zero-sum game here. You don't have to do everything perfectly all the time or you lose. It's about focusing on incrementally building these habits into your life over time. By focusing on reaching your crossover point as quickly as practicable, you can begin to build up an investment portfolio that'll provide you with the flexibility to choose how you occupy your days and an increased level of security to live a life centered around enjoying those things that bring you the most joy. This is what financial independence really is. Having the ability to choose how and where you spend your time without worrying about covering your expenses from day to day. It's not about becoming rich. It's about creating a lifestyle that gives you freedom and control over how you live and work. In closing, since some tech workers tend to be the highest paid, hardest worked, and most likely to suffer from burnout, I know that the gospel of financial independence tends to reverberate throughout the broader community. 
And since this is the place where tech workers come to get smarter about their money, I truly hope you've heard something in this episode that resonated with you and helped to either provide you with some clarity or maybe even provided the spark needed to help you start your own journey toward financial independence. Either way, we appreciate you listening. This has been another episode of the Tech Money Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcasting platform. That way, you'll be alerted immediately each week when a new episode is released. Maybe even consider sharing the link to this week's episode with your friends and colleagues. And if you really liked what you heard, be sure to leave a review. This will help make sure that more people just like you are able to find the show organically. You may connect with me, your host, on social at Malcolm on Money, and feel free to send us any questions, comments, or kudos to podcast at tech-money.com. That email address again is podcast at tech-money.com. And as always, we hope that this episode of the Tech Money Podcast has helped make you just a little bit smarter about your money. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, to review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out tech-money.com. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is tech-money.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing, and the sound controls powered by Tech Money LLC. Thank you for listening. Information shared in this recording and by its guests represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not represent the views or opinions of the host. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. Our team of certified public accountants and enrolled agents is well-versed in the latest tax laws, ensuring that you capitalize on every opportunity for strategic tax optimization. We anticipate changes and keep you up to date on opportunities to potentially reduce your tax bill in the future. With a focus on precision and strategic planning, we are your trusted partner both during tax season and throughout the year. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Um...